The Spin-Off Podcast Network. When the Facts Change is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Kiwi Bank. The bank for Kiwi looking to get ahead in business and in life. A bank that delivers expertise and banking know-how, smart advice for business owners wanting to invest, grow their business or diversify. A bank that adapts with technology through the lens of its people and customers. It is a bank with heart that is driven by its purpose. Kiwi making Kiwi better off. Tēnā koutou katoa, ko Simon Day Takawingwa. I'm the commercial editorial director at The Spin-Off and the host of the bonus episode of When the Facts Change. This year marks 50 years of the gay liberation movement in New Zealand. 50 years of fight, advocacy, celebration, progress and frustration in the rainbow community's struggle for equality and equity. So in recognition of the Pride Festival this month, I spoke to Liz Knight, Chief Risk Officer at Kiwi Bank and a proud member of the rainbow community, and Jess Segal, Senior Manager, Leadership and Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Kiwi Bank, about how far New Zealand has come in that time and the work that still needs to be done. Liz has worked in the banking sector for more than two decades and has had a front row perspective of how the industry has changed over that time, especially in the way she can bring her identity into the workplace. At Kiwi Bank, she's found a place where her personal uniqueness is not just accepted, but embraced. Kiwi Bank was first awarded Rainbow Tick status in 2020, and this year was given two years certification, a special acknowledgement of the effort the organisation has made on diversity and inclusion. Jess is at the heart of that work. She spoke about how diversity, equity and inclusion is essential for businesses in 2020 to create an environment where everybody feels safe and that reflects the community that they're working with. When the Facts Change is brought to you by Kiwi Bank and the Spin-Off Podcast Network, subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Liz and Jess. Kia ora korua. Thank you for joining When the Facts Change today. Liz. What exactly does the Chief Risk Officer do? Kia ora, Simon. Um, so, look, banking is all about managing risk. So, so my job is to make sure we have systems and processes and people in place to manage and monitor our risk profile within our agreed settings. So, it can be anything from you know, fraud to an earthquake to a lending problem. It's just whole of managing the bank. And what, what risk are you, are you looking at? Sort of at the moment we're seeing an inflation rise causing interest rates to rise. Uh, is that something that you're looking at and assessing the risk of that? Yeah, so we we take into um, account sort of all the environmental factors, all the economic factors. You know, we're constantly needing to qu- you know tweak our policies or our, our practices, um, and obviously, you know, at the moment, everybody is managing um, the the risk of of COVID nineteen and the and the current Omicron wave. So there's 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 things that are unique to banking, and then there are things that are just in common with everybody. What makes you a good risk officer? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think being a chief risk officer, you generally you have to be fairly thoughtful. You know, you deal with the evidence, um, and look, the the best thing is just to stay calm. And you've been in the industry for quite a long time now. How have you seen banking and financial institutions change, um, specifically for your experience as a member of the Rainbow community? Uh, so, banking for the Rainbow community. Well, working in a bank. Oh, working in a bank. Yeah, look. Um, Oh, I think it's it's changed a lot, you know, over time. I mean, if you look at on you know anything, even just in sort of social media, 
you know, there were there were no role models um, to someone in the rainbow community. Um, and so certainly in, in banking for me, it's gone from, or, you know, financial services more broadly is, is something you would just, you know, never speak about, you know, even if you secretly knew um, of somebody else or somebody knew about you, uh, it was certainly, you know, something not to be spoken about. And, you know, and I've had some great leaders over time, but who's had said to me, you know, hey, look, you know, I understand, but don't tell anyone, you know, it'll ruin your career. What is it like going to work every day when you know that part of your identity might sabotage your career? Uh, I think when you are a member of any community where you, you know, might be on the margins, um, it's usually not a new experience. So, you you know, you sort of grow up knowing that you're a bit different and you and you, you have a bit of a heightened sensitivity to that. Uh, so, I think when, you know, when you go into the workplace, you become even more guarded. And of course, what happens is, you know, the less you talk about yourself, the more other people start to fill in the gaps and talk about you. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty uncomfortable. How are your comfort levels in 2022 working in a place like KiwiBank? KiwiBank's a great place to work, you know, and, and I've, got, I've got some reasonable comparisons. But I think, you know, look, I think KiwiBank decided really um, early on that in order to make Kiwi better off, which is our purpose, is, you know, we need to make sure that we're reflecting um, Aotearoa. So um, I think for me, partly because I've, I've been doing this for a while, I've grown in confidence as well. Um, uh, you know, which I think helps show up in the workplaces yourself. And what what does it? Um, and this sort of allows me to segue uh, to Jess, who also has a fascinating job title as Senior Manager Leadership and Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. What does that actually look like in terms of policy and practice, creating a workplace where everybody feels comfortable expressing their identity and that? fullness of themselves. Yeah, well, that's really important. And um, it, it's when you do DEI work, diversity, equity and inclusion work, it's really not enough just to say, this is what we stand for and then kind of walk away from it. You actually have to put some boundaries in place and parameters so that people are able to meet and exceed those expectations. So policy becomes really important when you are setting up a business to be successful when it comes to DEI. So absolutely, um, it's it's critical when it comes to actually executing DEI in the way that you want to as a business, for sure. Do you have an example of that in practice? We've had to put a bunch of different policies in place. So, so I guess at KiwiBank, you know, we've always had um, people people policies, and they're there to protect our people and protect our customers. But in recent years, we've had to become much more specific about the kinds of policies that we are putting in place at KiwiBank. And we've been very specific in um, how we've communicated to our board, for example, about what DEI means at KiwiBank and what we're going to be going for. Because the tricky thing when it comes to DEI is that there's so many different things that we could be focusing on and they're all incredibly important but for Kiwi Bank we had to start somewhere we had to to start laying the foundations essentially for us to be able to build um, great blocks for for DEI so some of the kind of policies that um, we've been putting in place in the last couple of years have been things like transgender guidelines so how do we make sure we've got a, a safe environment for our transgender staff to be able to um, feel wholly included and like they belong and for transitioning staff to feel like it's a totally safe environment for them to be able to do what what they they need to to become themselves and that they're not going to be um, we're not going to get in the way of them doing that or it's not going to be a bad thing in terms of their career for them to do that in fact at Kiwi Bank it's a, a great thing because what we want is for people to feel like they're able to be totally who they are and that's what transitioning is about so we applaud people doing that and we'll help them in any way we can 
I think workplaces have changed in, you know, the last five, 10, 20 years where they are actually places where you, you are expressing yourselves in a, in a much um, larger way. You're not sort of putting on a suit and going to do your job and then going home and being, you know, yourself again. What, how does that make an environment for people to do a better job if you're able to, to, to be yourself and to feel safe? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody needs space to be able to um, flourish and to thrive. And that's that's kind of the whole point of this, right, is, is making sure that people have the ability to be able to thrive and be the best versions of themselves. And I kind of think of it like like a plant, you know, if you put it in the wrong place in the house and you don't give it enough water, you don't give it enough light, you're putting it in a corner forgetting about it, it's not going to bloom into the beautiful plant that it has the potential to. It's the same with people. And so it doesn't really matter where they come from, what their um, gender is, what their religion is, what their sexual orientation is. It, it doesn't matter. Everybody has the right to thrive. And that's really good for business too. If we have a wholly thriving population of people at Kiwi Bank, then that's amazing for us and amazing for our customers. So why wouldn't we invest in in doing that and give pe- giving people the space and the nourishment to be able to thrive? Liz, do you have a space at work where the rainbow community catches up and and, and talks about you know, the unique unique issues and experiences of the world? Yeah, we do. Um, we've got um, a rainbow network that meets fairly regularly um, where we agree that things are important on our agenda. And obviously, as we go into Pride Month or, um, you know, we have rainbow-oriented events, you know, last year we organised uh, breakfast where um, I was able to host and interview some of, you know, the our Kiwi bankers who identify with the rainbow community. And so, it just becomes a much broader conversation. So, everyone's invited. And I think that's the, you know, that's that's the point of inclusion that can be, you know, any, any community, but actually everyone's allowed to show up. And it's not about approval. It's just about acceptance. And there's space for for allies in the Rainbow Network as well. Absolutely, and I think you know that's that's the core part of that acceptance message is that you know everybody has a role to play, um, and we do have um, an, a broader allies network. Um, and again, that's for um, you know every community, not just the Rainbow community. And you know it's 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 something that I really enjoy. Is um, you know, it's a real privilege as a leader that you know people come you know they might come to me seeking assistance with something it's it's often not rainbow related but it's because I've spoken up about the rainbow community they say I thought you might be able to help me with this you know and that's um, and that's really fulfilling to think that you can you can make a difference for people from your perspective what are you looking for in a, in a good ally um, I think what I you know really what I said before is it's just about acceptance it's not about approval you know everyone's entitled to their own opinions it, it really is that you know people will be broadly accepting if they see something that is wrong, you know, or there's poor treatment or poor behaviour that they speak up about it and they, they speak either directly to the person in the instance or they are confident to navigate their way through, you know, whatever the appropriate, you know, mechanism is, you know, Jess referred to, we've got policies and we've got procedures in place, but that people will take an action and they'll take a stand. Jess, I almost think we could save about 11 words and um, change your uh, job title to ally. Um, <laughs> what does that look like for you at work and at Kiwi Bank? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, being an ally for me is essentially about um, operating without apathy because I think that that the the biggest issue when it comes to DEI is not about hatred. It's not about people hating the cause. It's about people not caring enough. And so being an ally for me is about caring. It's about being curious. About, it's about being interested and not necessarily about really big 
gestures, but about the little things that I'm doing every day. So, for example, that might be making sure I know what people's pronouns are so that I can respectfully engage with them or making sure I know what their preferred name is or, or how to say their name. Um, that might seem like a really little thing for somebody called Jess or somebody called Liz or somebody called Simon, but actually that's a massive thing when you've got a, a name that that is constantly being mispronounced. So I think the little things are really important when it comes to being an ally, just showing up for people and not being apathetic towards the cause. So I've never loved the word tolerance or tolerate. You know, when people talk about New Zealand being a really tolerant society, to me it's it's really lacking in empathy and compassion and curiosity. If you're just willing to tolerate people in what makes them a little bit different, I don't think you're doing nearly enough. It's about engaging with them and, and exploring some understanding and making an effort to do those little things like pronounce people's names uh, properly because it makes a big difference. Small things, right? can make a really huge difference to people's experiences. Absolutely. And that that's that's what we're about at Kiwi Bank anyway. I mean, this is just leadership. This is just good self-leadership, you know, following kind of some basic principles around care, around compassion, curiosity, courage to, to stand up when somebody else is not showing curiosity. That's all it boils down to, really. And so for us, when we talk about DEI, there's huge overlap with what that means in terms of our, the culture of Kiwi Bank, in terms of the leadership of Kiwi Bank. It's all tied up into making sure that we're an inclusive bank where everybody feels like they have a voice and they feel like they belong. And have you felt like that belonging has cascaded into your customer experience as well? Do you see that inclusion and that diversity creating a safe space for a diverse customer base? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's a good question. It's an interesting question because when we first started thinking about DEI, lots of people were thinking about DEI in terms of their own people, but actually the impact on customers is huge when you get it right internally. But thinking also has to be done around the customer themselves. So our approach to DEI is not just about our people, it's absolutely about our customers too. That that That's that is totally critical. And again, you know, being a good ally is about being a good ally for our customers too. And the little things for our customers are equally as important as the big gestures that Kiwi Bank could put out there, um, funding for people or fundraising for, for charities. Um, getting pronouns for our customers is right. Using their preferred name is, is the right thing for us to be doing as well, making sure that they've got space and they feel like as a bank, it's an inclusive and safe space for them, for them to be able to be financially successful. Last time we spoke, you shared a really powerful story about an experience uh, a young uh, transgender person had when going into the branch. Could you remind me of how that played out? Yeah, sure. So we had a call from the mum of a transgender kid. Um, and at the time, the kid was transitioning. So um, on their, their banking profile, it had a preferred name in the notes. But because they're transitioning, it meant that their government documents were still in their, in their what we'd call their dead name. But that provides, a, a, it means that there's a couple of issues when they come into the bank and it's quite possible that somebody could be using that dead name rather than their preferred name. And for the mum, that was a really big issue. So if their kid was to show up at the branch to get their first FBOS card or show up at the branch to do whatever it was they were trying to do, and they weren't called by the name that they are, then that could be a pretty horrible experience for that kid. So she was very keen on making sure that we were able to um, give some notice to the branch ahead of time so that when she came in with her two kids, we were addressing them in the right way. And it's those really simple, easy things. That's not a massive task, but that's pretty easy for us to contact the branch. We know when they were going in and to say, hey, heads up. 
there's a family coming in, make sure that that you are reading the notes and that you're you're calling the kids by their correct pronouns and their correct names. No big deal. But but actually massive deal for the kid, massive deal for the mother who had talked to me about some of the other issues that she'd been facing into with what should be very easy scenarios really as a parent, but they're not as easy when you've got a transgender child. And that's the point of all of this. Let's make it easy for our kids. Let's make it easy for the parents of those kids to uh, allow their children to be who they are. How does that feel for you, Liz, knowing as you're working at a at a place that are making life so much easier for a young member of the rainbow community, you know, having probably not experienced that same level of comfort as a, as a, as a young person um, when you were going through that same sort of negotiation of identity when you were young? Yeah, look, I think um, that's something to be really proud of, to be honest. And I think, you know, one of the things that I certainly get immense amount of fulfillment of if I hear from other Kiwi bankers who are parents, you know, I'm a parent myself now, you know, and, and often when, you know, we have these conversations, you know, we we talk internally, you know, about being a member of the rainbow community, often hear from um, other other Kiwi bank parents who say, oh, I'm just so glad to hear that actually, you know, kind of there is, there is hope and it, it will be okay for my child. I'm very, very worried about, you know, what my child's going to face into in the world as, you know, as all parents are. Um, but actually made me feel a bit better that it could be okay. And and that's, you know, that's that's immensely powerful. It's hard enough being a parent, right, without the complications of, you know, not fitting into the box that the world's put forward for you. But it's it's so exciting to know, you know, for me as a parent of, of two-year-olds, that there are spaces for lots of different types of boxes now. Absolutely. I mean, my kids, I mean, I have such hope for this, you know, this generation. My kids are uh, 10 and 19. And, you know, they, their views are so different to the ones that, you know, I, I was growing up with and, you know, and I don't think it's just because they've got rainbow parents. It's just that whole generation is constantly puzzled by, well, why would you treat someone like that? You know, why, why, no, God, that's just dumb. And I love it. <laughs> you just go, yeah, it is. You know, you know, wish we'd thought of that earlier. It, it must be really exciting to see that generation being like that because we have, we've come really far, but we're not free of bigotry and hate yet, are we? No, look, look, we're not. And I think, you know, there are um, absolutely, you know, still marginalised um, members of our community, you know, more broadly. I think you only, you don't have to look through um, global news very far to, to realise how fortunate we are here in New Zealand. You know, we really are a very progressive country um, and, you know, certainly acceptance of people, you know, in, in rainbow communities and in other parts of the world is, you know, either legislated against or completely invisible. And so, you know, we, you know, there is a lot of work to be done, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hopeful. You know, I think, you know, success in the end is, you know, we, don't, we won't have to talk about this anymore. Yeah. Every month is Pride Month. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What is the next steps in sort of the, I, I'm, I'm thinking more than beyond Kiwi Bank, but what can big corporates or even small corporates like a spin-off do to ensure that they are diverse, equitable and inclusive and in creating really positive spaces for all different types of people, Jess? There's a bunch of stuff that you could you could start doing. I mean, the first thing, obviously, is having a conversation, taking a look around at who you've got on your workforce currently and making a decision about whether or not you are happy with the kinds of people you have in your workforce or whether you want to diversify. But that conversation does have to happen at a senior level, and we do need our executives to realise the, the value of diversity. 
so many, so often I hear people saying, oh, surely that's bad. Why would you take that person where you get the most talented person? And it's, it's a completely, it's a, it's a wrong way to look at things. There, there's so much value in diversity. And that's the first thing that we all have to understand that diversity is a real um, gift when it comes to the success of your business. So, so awareness, having that conversation would be the first thing to do. And then go after something. So there's so many different things that you could stand for and go after when it comes to diversity, equity and inclusion, but you don't have to go after all of them in one go. Pick something that you're really going to stand for and put a plan together, put some measures in place and then give yourself some space to actually be able to go out and make a make a difference because this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It's, it requires behavioral change and quite often it's very hard behavioral change. For many people, we're being asked to um, address ideas and views and uh, brain wiring that we've had in place for a very, very long time. And so to change that, to change your neural pathways, for example, takes an awfully long time. So don't expect things to happen overnight. But if you keep going at it, it absolutely will happen. And the key thing there is standing for something and going for it, putting some measures in place for sure. Do you find that the idea of diversity and the idea of merit is still presented as a diverse of sort of conflicting ideas that you can't, you know, the idea of hiring for diversity can actually equate to more value? Um, yeah, I think that, that sometimes uh, people are still struggling with the idea that diverse hiring might not get them the result that they want. But what I'd encourage people to do is to look a bit further than what they already know. Because so so much of the time, there are people out there that we ne- haven't even been on our radar. They haven't even got a look in. And actually, if we just gave them a platform to be able to come in and do some great work, I think people would be very surprised by the amount of success that we could get simply by giving people that that platform to be able to do to, to be able to do great work. So yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's a hard conversation to be having. When you're talking to people who are recruiting for work that matters to them, they want to do the best thing. But the best thing really is hiring a diverse range of people for sure. And even though it might feel hard, keep going at it because it will pay dividends in the end. And we're we're seeing that now. So there's a bunch of studies underway. McKinsey has done a heap of studies over the last few years. And overwhelmingly, the results in terms of business are that you are a more profitable business when you have a diverse workforce. So it's not just about being nice. It's actually, there's much more to diversity, equity and inclusion than just being a nice, kind person. It's actually, it has an impact on your bottom line. It has an impact on your financials. And just little practical things. Like when I was researching for this conversation uh, this week, I discovered some examples of where a lack of diversity had quite severe unintended consequences. Um, the the first developments around car airbags was done by an exclusively male um, mm. project team, and it meant that it was designed for the height and weight uh, of a standard man, and that meant it not only didn't work as well, but sometimes had really unintended and severe consequences for women and children. And that when when they had crashes, and it's little things like that you don't think of until it's too too late, and the benefits of diversity are just huge when it when it's there. Mm. And that's why we need systemic change. So DEI is, yes, absolutely about the little things, but there are some pretty significant things that we should be doing and we should be considering this as part of systemic change. So gender mainstreaming um, is, is a big part of systemic change that we should all be paying attention to. And, and there's some countries overseas that have actually mandated it. Governments have got together and talked about the importance of gender mainstreaming and it's now mandated for businesses to be 
writing this into their policies. What's gender mainstreaming, Jess? Yeah, so gender mainstreaming is is when, so your example around the um, airbags and cars, so if we had gender mainstreaming protocols in place, that wouldn't happen because it requires there to be a mix of people at the table making those decisions or coming to solutions. Um, and we think about that when it comes to tech that we're putting in place for our customers. So it would be no good if we had a bunch of women only sitting at a table making decisions because uh, our customer base is, is far larger than just women. So it's incredibly important for people to start thinking about representation and diversity at that that systemic level as well. And that that will that will lead to, to massive change in, in organizations if they're able to um, get that right. When the Facts Change is brought to you in partnership with Kiwi Bank to help you understand the issues affecting the economy. And that's what their team of experts is here to do too. Here's Kiwi Bank economist Sabrina Delgado on the current grim status of the global and local economy. Globally, economic output and activity is slowing. Higher interest rates are weighing heavily on demand and crushing activity. It's not pretty, but it's what's needed to bring down inflation. Here in Aotearoa, the outlook is soft at best. Our impressive surge in net migration helps lift activity, but still the economy is weakening under the weight of the Reserve Bank and a softening global backdrop. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to stay up to date with detailed economic analysis and forecasts from Sabrina and other KiwiBank experts. They take big issues from both here and overseas and make them relevant to Kiwi businesses. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Liz, it must be great knowing there are people like Jess in your organisation because I know so often businesses leave it to the communities themselves to sort of do this advocacy work as a as a side of desk, as a side hustle on top of, um, you know, what's often an eight till seven o'clock job anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so does it, does it feel good knowing that this is part of the system, um, not something you're trying to do on top of it? Yeah, no, look, it does and it's... Um, it it absolutely is that you get you know the the benefits and the energy of someone like Jess um you know behind something that you feel really strongly about but that it is just, it is part of the ecosystem it's not, it, like you said it's not an add on it's not an extra thing it's just yeah it's something that's important to us and it you know it's part of what drives our purpose so um it, it is absolutely you know a positive to have it as a, a built into what we're doing. Um, and, you know, it's great for me to be able to work with, with someone like Jess. Um, so you know, nobody likes to be alone, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm equally as delighted to be able to work with Liz. Cute. Do you, <laughs> do you think the systemic change is happening fast enough? Because I know it is 
it is giant cogs and in, 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 in social systems that need to be turned. But sometimes it must be a little bit frustrating to, you know, the ban on conversion therapy bill that uh, passed its third reading this week. It is, you know, it's 2022. It's still a little bit um, alarming that it's only just happening now. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if I, if I think how long I've been a member of the Rainbow community, which is a very long time now, um, it, it does it does feel slow. I think in the world view, it's probably still pretty fast. And I think that is that is quite challenging. I mean, the fact that, you know, last week, Australia tried to have a religious freedom bill and, you know, luckily it got thrown out because it was, you know, sort of thinly veiled around, you know, conversion therapy and, and all that kind of stuff is, you know, we've got such a long way to go. And and I think, you know, while, while we should be grateful for the progress that we've made, I don't think we should be grateful for just taking tidbits of you know policy tweaks i think we've we've absolutely got to keep driving for for really fundamental change and I, and like i said i'm i'm super hopeful of this coming generation is that it's just so obvious to them um that i hope we don't spend time you know going back and forth over small words and policy tweaks and you know that we actually just say look it matters and this is what we're doing and i and i do think that new zealand has a fantastic opportunity to lead in that space just need those young people to progressively become mps and ceos yeah we've got to hire them into kiwi bank that's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm, my friends and the people team have got it wrapped. <laughs> We've got our eye on those people. Watch out. Your kids are going to be hired to learn this. <laughs> hey, well, I thought that was a really wonderful conversation. I appreciate you both taking time to join us on When the Facts Change. I hope you have a wonderful Pride Month. And I look forward to every month being Pride Month pretty soon. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Thanks Simon. for asking us. When the Facts Change was brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network, together with KiwiBank. Visit kiwibank.co.nz to find out how KiwiBank are making Kiwi better off. Kia ora e te iwi, Kia Butler here, Podcast Manager at the Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.